I can just imagine him in a meeting. You know, yes, this is the contract I've been waiting for. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much, Jerry. And he signs his name, and then he stands up and he says, I'm going to go ahead and have the surgery now. You can't turn the football over 17 times and think you're going to win a game. Can't do it. Won't do it. Cole, I appreciate everything you did for the Dallas Cowboys. Cole, go get your money. <laughs> I mess up his name. I can't even get this. That's a That's a kitty? That's a kitty? That's a kitty. Team killer. But at the same time, oh, we're going to shackle them in? We're going to take over? <laughs> you are not Diana Prince. This is not the mascara. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. You'll never see me coming. How now, dog? Welcome to every living and breathing intelligent biped on the planet Earth to this sick show. It's your boy, the man, the myth, the hashtag legend in my own mind. Big day. Talking not only sports, but news of all kinds. Also, welcome to those checking us out on this sick podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Gas, and Radio Public. And I also want to give a shout out to all my sick listeners in Ireland, Hong Kong, Morocco, Sweden, and Mexico, and absolutely in this United States of America. Well, I can't believe it, and neither can a lot of you out there. But the Cleveland Browns, those Cleveland Browns, are the real deal. The Cleveland Browns improved their record to 9-3 as they beat the Tennessee Titans 41-35. And it's their best record through 12 games since 1994. 1994. That was the year before I got married. And I've been married now for 25 and a half. No, 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 no. 25 and three quarters of a year. It's almost been 26 years. So that's how long it's been since the Cleveland Browns have had a 9-3 and three record. And they also clinched their first winning season since 2007. And back then, they finished 10 and 6, but they missed the playoffs. Now, they are absolutely in the position to grab the first of three AFC wildcard spots. Guess who finally became a man? Guess who finally put on his big boy britches. None other than Baker Mayfield as he finished the game 25-33, passing 75.8% was his passer rating for 334 yards and four touchdowns. And more importantly, he avoided having an interception for the fifth consecutive game. One, two, three, four, five. Count them. Five games. He hasn't thrown an interception. 
He posted a passer rating of 147. And guess what? He didn't get sacked. The Cleveland Browns are for real, people. A lot of people were saying that the Cleveland Browns look good on paper. They were talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Who is hurt and he's out for the rest of the season. And all of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns start playing better with Odell gone. I, I mean, I mean, what is it? What is that? What's really going on here? Was Odell a possible cancer in the locker room? Maybe. Maybe Odell was the reason why Cleveland was like not winning like we thought they would. Maybe him and Baker Mayfield couldn't get on the same page. Maybe. Whatever it was, it's history. Because now the Browns have set a franchise record for the most points in a half. They had a 38-7 halftime lead against those Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans looked unbeatable until they ran up against those Cleveland Browns. Dog pound. Cleveland. Ohio. I know y'all are hype. I know my brethren law Mr. Calvin is sitting up there and he's ecstatic in his Browns cave. He don't have a man's cave. He's got a Browns cave. This dude loves the Cleveland Browns, lives, breathes, and dies Cleveland Browns. And he's being rewarded this year by the Cleveland Browns being 9-3. and three. The previous team record was 35 points and a half back on November 28th. That was 2004, where the Browns lost 58-48 against the Cincinnati Bengals. But like I said, Baker Mayfield, he came to play in his big boy bridges. Mayfield has never, ever played like this before. And he threw for 290 yards and four touchdowns without an interception. Rating for 154.6 for a quarterback rating through two quarters. He also became the second player in Brown's history to throw for four touchdown passes in the first half. The only other one is the Hall of Fame quarterback Otto Graham who accomplished this feat on December 2nd, 1951. You have to go all the way back to the 1950s to find a dominant quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield also threw scoring strikes two yards to receivers Jarvis Landry. And one yard to back up offensive tackle Kendall Lamb. 75 yards to rookie deceiver Donovan Peoples-Jones. Woo! 
What a name. Donovan Peoples. Jones. Donovan, you my peoples. And he took 17 yards. Two. Receiver, Richard Higgins, who said before the game, we're not scared of the Tennessee Titans. We're not scared of you. We don't care about the Titans. We're not scared of Derrick Henry, the big bread truck, or the dump truck, or whatever truck they call him over there in Tennessee. We're not in the least bit scared. Bring it on. And he even said that they would win. And they did. Now he looks like a prophet. Now, the Tennessee Titans came back. They, they trimmed the deficit from 41 to 28. On running back Jeremy Nick, uh, McNichols rushed uh, when he went in a yard, you know, for one yards out with 123 left in the fourth quarter. Then the Browns linebacker Malcolm Smith recovered the ensuing onside kick. Tennessee ended up scoring right after that because Mayfield fumbled the ball. And the safety, Kenny Vaccaro, recovered and returned for 53 yards. It, it, it doesn't matter. The last score was like it was 41 to 35. That's it. That's it. The Titans were not going to come back from this thrashing. As a matter of fact, the last time, well, the Tennessee Titans and the Browns played, the Titans won 43-13. That was in the season opener back in 2019. So that was just last year. But it doesn't matter. The Browns got sweet revenge and now have put themselves in a position to win a wild card in the AFC. Now, does this mean that the Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl? No. Because you still, you still got to deal with the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And you still got to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs who inked out a victory, but it was a victory no less. And you can't write out the Buffalo Bills. So the AFC this year is stacked. The AFC's got some talent this year. And now you got the Cleveland Browns right up there with the top teams. Absolutely incredible. A team that went from, what was it, 0-16 two years ago? Three years ago? Now they're 9-3, and they're in the hunt for the playoffs and do have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. But like I said, a lot of teams they got to go through. I mean, they still got to go through the Tennessee Titans if the Titans make the playoffs. And honestly... Titans are 8-4, so there's really only four more games to be played in the season. I don't think the Titans are going to lose from this point. So if the Browns can keep up their winning ways, we might end up seeing Titans and Browns in some kind of uh, 
AFC playoff game. It's a possibility. But it ain't gonna happen. It's a great possibility. But I tell you, let's just be honest. It looks like it's gonna be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game. The Chiefs, they they just Patrick Mahomes, he just uh, I can't I can't even say Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Fame, tight end, setting records this year. I, I mean, what can you say? Yeah, Ben has been there before. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he got Juju. He's got a couple other players over there. But Steelers? And Chiefs going at it? Bruh. I would pay money. And I mean big money. To be in that stadium on that day. AFC looks good right now. And right now in the NFC? Oh. Oh. I mean the Saints look good. Let's not let's not leave the Saints out of the NFC. And we had Seattle looking good, we thought. In the NFC. I mean, there's some teams that's going to make the playoffs, of course, in the NFC. And guess what? Because the Giants are now first place in the NFC East, they might end up hosting a playoff game. Oh, and I'm sorry. I call it the NFC East. It's the NFC least this year. But do you see the Saints? Let's just say the Saints win the NFC. Do you and let's not forget about Green Bay. But do you see the Saints beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. As a matter of fact, can you see the Saints beating Pittsburgh right now? Mm, I don't know. Hey, we still got a little ways to go. But boy. Man, this is what I love. It's getting close to playoff time. And guess what? The Cleveland Browns might just be in the playoffs. When we come back, we're going to discuss Giants Seahawks and how the Giants just put the whammy on the Seattle Seahawks. So don't go anywhere. More to come right here on this sick show. Stay tuned for more This Sick Show with Big Day along the BGC Sports Network. Welcome back to part two of This Sick Show. Hey, that great giving day is almost upon us. And what better way to show your giving spirit than by taking advantage of the amazing Amazon deals that's on the BGCSports.net website. 
From electronics to home decor to literally thousands of products to choose from. All with amazing deals. So avoid long lines. Avoid social distancing and masks altogether. And shop smart by going to the amazing Amazon deals page at bgcsports.net. From the station that's obsessed with giving you big savings this Christmas. We're the BJC Sports Network. And when I tell you, you need to go ahead to that page and take advantage of the deals. You need to go ahead to that page and take advantage of the amazing deals. You don't come crying to me when you say, well, I paid $699. And then somebody says, well, I went to BGC Sports, went on their page, and um, I paid $200 for the same thing. Ooh, you're going to be mad if you spent $600 on something you could have got for $200. I'm just saying. You're probably going to be as mad as Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. In their week 13 matchup on Sunday night against the New York football Giants. The Giants came out with one goal, one purpose in mind, and that was beat Seattle. They basically beat Seattle at their own game. And they stunned the Seattle Seahawks. The Giants sacked Russell Wilson five times. No, let me take that back. The Giants sacked the elusive Russell Wilson five times and picked him off for one and forced a recovered fumble in the 17-12 win. Now I know that it, it, it didn't look pretty, but boy, it was pretty ugly for the Seattle Seahawks, and it went pretty good <laughs> for the New York Giants. As the New York Giants got 135 rushing yards from Wayne Gallman and two touchdowns from Alfred Morris. You you might know the name of Alfred Morris because we used to sing praises to his name when he was a Dallas Cowboy. But they let him go. They, they just figured he was too old and he couldn't hang and they let him go. And here he is at New York scoring touchdowns. For the Giants. Now, that score by Alfred Morris pushed the Giants to a five-point victory. But here's the thing that nobody is talking about. Some of y'all may talk about it, but some of y'all ain't talking about it. But I'm going to talk about it. The Giants was forced to start. The one. The only former University of Texas quarterback and star 
of Austin, Texas. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy came in for the injured Daniel Jones. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I thought Colt McCoy, I thought he had retired. Colt McCoy once played for the Washington Redskins. I thought he did a decent job, but he was always put in difficult circumstances when he was in the game. And now he's in another difficult circumstance somewhat. But, I mean, the Giants, he ain't got nothing to lose. Here's the thing. McCoy came in and did what he was supposed to do. He played like a veteran. He played like the veteran that he is and should be. He was sacked twice, but he only turned the ball over once. But more importantly, he was able to control the New York Giants offense well enough to keep the Seahawks off the field. And who is responsible for the New York Giants offense? Huh. Let me see. Um. Does he have red hair? Yes. Hmm. Is he a former head coach? Yes. Oh, I'm getting warmer. I'm getting warmer. Did he ever coach at the Dallas Cowboys for the Dallas Cowboys? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, he did. Is his name Jason Garrett? Yes. It's the same Jason Garrett that we ran out of Dallas. Now, Redhead Jesus, that's what we used to call him here in Dallas, is with the New York Giants. He's helping him with the offense. He's the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. And now the New York Giants are sitting in first place in the NFC least. How's that for irony? I mean, just, it doesn't even make sense right now if you think about it. We fired the head coach because we said he was mediocre. And honestly, there were a couple of good seasons when he was here. That was above mediocre, but for the most point, it was mediocre. Cowboys were eight and eight, eight and eight, seven and nine, eight and eight, ten. They were twelve and four, uh, twelve and four, and, and, and thirteen and three, I think, one year, and then they were eight and eight again. And then we just said, you know what? You've been here about ten years, and we're tired of mostly eight and eight seasons. So you got to go. And now he went to the New York Foot. Giants, in which he used to call them the New York Football Giants, and now he is there, and they are in first place. Wow! That's what we get for being so rash. 
we went out and got head coach Mike McCarthy, who was basically released from the Green Bay Packers because him and the great one Aaron Rodgers couldn't get together. And now McCarthy is over here and he can't get it together over here. But we sent away the one that at least kept us at 500 for 10 years. And because he couldn't get us to a Super Bowl, we let him go. And now his team that he is working for now may end up winning the NFC least. Getting a playoff home game if they win the division. And basically, which they mm, probably ain't got no chance, but are basically in the hunt. Somebody once said that turnabout is fair play. Somebody else once said that karma is a mug. So, man, the Giants are ecstatic. The Giants are, are all over the place right now. They're just, just they're, man, they're celebrating because the Seahawks couldn't move the ball against the Giants. What is going on with Seattle? Seattle, in the beginning, they they, they were like 4-0, something like that, 5-0, and then they dropped a couple, and then they went up, and then they dropped a couple. And what is going on with Seattle? Russell Wilson finished the game 27-43, 263 yards passing and a touchdown. None of his receivers had over 100 receiving yards. DK Metcalf led the way with five receptions for 80 yards and he had a great stiff arm against quarterback James Bradbury of the Giants. His stiff arm was nasty. I just got to just tell you. But that's all. Where was the offense, Seattle? Where was the offense? Where's that? Russell Wilson dropping back 29 yards, running towards the sideline, throwing the ball, and finding his man in the back of the end zone for a tip-toe touchdown. Where's that at? Oh, it all looked good in the beginning. But now, Seattle's in trouble. And for Seattle, it don't make it any better that they lost because now the Los Angeles Rams are now 8-4. They beat the Cardinals. And now, San Francisco, they could be in the playoff hunt. They're, they're not really out of this thing. Seattle's got to win. Going forward from here, Seattle's got to win, and they got to win big. So, what's going on, Russell? What you going to do, DJ? I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. I'm not a Seattle fan, but I'm telling you, they, they got a talented team. They really do. They really do. I don't see how the Giants did it, but all props go to the New York Giants. New York Giants, do you realize they're without their starter, Daniel Jones, their quarterback, 
And they did it Without Saquon Barkley Who's out for the uh, rest of the season Their number one running back And they were able to overcome And beat the Seahawks Now Like I said They're sitting at the very top Of the NFC least I just I just don't know My Cowboys Our Dallas Cowboys From right here in the Metroplex Basically In last place Basically You still got the Philadelphia Eagles Losing But they're still hanging around And you got The Washington football team I had to say the Washington football team I hate Washington Maybe Hate is a strong word I loathe Washington You heard my last show When my brother-in-law was on there Singing Hail to the Washingtonians I, I, I will not have it I will not stand for it If Washington somehow ends up winning The NFC least If a team with no name No mascot Wins The NFC least I'm not going to stand for it It's just not going to happen It's not good See that's That's how TVs get broken in half That's how Holes get in the walls Of people's houses That's how Bowls of popcorn get kicked across the room Because Dallas Just right now sucks And you know what's so bad I have Followed the Dallas Cowboys Since I was a little boy Since Some of you I don't know if you can remember The miniature helmets The souvenir miniature helmets That you could purchase I had every one of those helmets Of every team In the National Football League when I was a kid And I kept those helmets Until I was about maybe 11, 12 years old And I had like Five Dallas Cowboy helmets Why? Because They got five championships Then I moved to Dallas 20 some years ago I'm originally from West Virginia But I'm officially A Texan now And Was privileged and blessed enough To be able to live Within 10 miles Of the Dallas Cowboys Stadium And now I'm a stone's throw away from AT&T Stadium right down here over 360. 
And it just seems like my Dallas Cowboys. What was the movie with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence and the boy who was playing baseball? What was the boy's name that played baseball in it? The movie. The movie was called Life. And they named the boy Can't Get Right. That's the way I feel about the Dallas Cowboys. They just can't get right. I'm done with the second segment. We're going to jump into that third segment after this commercial break. When we're going to come back, we're going to talk about all this stunting going on in boxing. You don't want to miss it, so make sure you stay tuned and come back right here on this. Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more This Sick Show with Big Day along the BGC Sports Network. Medicare health and supplemental plan options all in one place with expert advice on which ones to consider. Well, that place is Preferred Senior Advisors. At Preferred Senior Advisors, they have an award-winning comparison tool to help you make the best decision possible. So call Kelly Hopkins today at 940-594-1113. That's 940-594-1113. First, I want to say congratulations to Errol Spence Jr. for defending his championship as he defeated Danny Swift Garcia unanimously on this past Saturday retaining the WBC and IBF welterweight titles. Errol Spence Jr. is from Dallas, Texas. So all of us right here in the Metroplex applaud Errol Spence Jr. for his win in boxing. As the judges scored the fight 116 to 112, 116 to 112 and 117 to 111 in favor of Errol Spence Jr. Thing about it is it's been, it was Spence's first fight since that ridiculously horrific crash Back in October of 2019, some of you may have saw the car basically took flight. We got to see it because somebody's camera, I think from a store or something, caught the crash. I don't know how fast he was going, but he was going fast enough for that car to be airborne. 
And some of us thought he would not be back. But thank God his life was spared. Spence was able to rehab. He was able to come back and he was able to defend his title. A stone throw away from where I live. Now, Spence had won the titles in September of last year in a split decision victory over Sean Porter back in Los Angeles. And a month after the fight, Spence, that's when he was involved in that horrific car wreck. They say that he was ejected from his Ferrari and was treated for facial lacerations. I'm just going to tell you right now, Errol, you have probably three or four angels covering you that you got facial lacerations. And that's it. Here's what he said. Quote, I feel my accident helped me a lot with just basically put putting my feet on the ground and humbling myself and realizing that a lot of people don't get a second chance. This is what he said in a press conference leading up to the fight. He said, quote, I feel like you're going to see a better me overall, and I'm here to show everybody why. So now, that makes Errol Spence the truth, is what he's called, 27-0. and 0. And he has 21 knockouts to his record. Garcia fell to 36-3 and three overall. And Terrence Crawford was at the game to watch it. Crawford, the current WBO uh, uh, welterweight champion, is undefeated. And Spence could be his next opponent. So he was just sitting there taking it all in. Now, I want to spend the last half of this segment talking about the stunting. That's going on in professional boxing. We just saw Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. go for eight rounds in an exhibition fight where it basically came out to a tie and both of them got paid to stunt. What do I mean by stunning? What do you mean by that, Big Day? Well, let me tell you. Yes, it was supposedly for charity, and hopefully the money that they made, some of it, hopefully most of it, would be going to charity. I don't know. It's their money. They spend it how they want to spend. But anyway, it was fun as a charity exhibition. I didn't see the fight as the fight was going on, but I went back and saw the whole fight on YouTube, and let me tell you this. Mike Tyson easily won that. Mike Tyson was holding back. Mike Tyson, he's 50-some years old. 50 years old, I think. He's two years younger than me or two years, or we're the same. Anyway, but he looked very good. Mike Tyson looked Somewhat like the old Mike Tyson that we knew 
who would just knock you the heck out. Roy Jones looked a little bit out of shape there. Roy Jones got some combinations in here and there. But Mike could have easily overpowered him. But he just boxed with Jones. And I mean, it is called boxing. But everybody was waiting for Mike to knock Roy Jones the heck out. And it never never came about. And when it was done, they ruled it basically a tie. And they both got these pretty green belts with gold on it or whatever. If it's brass, I don't know. Gold. We'll just say gold. We shiny. And it was a tie. And I'm sitting up there like, yeah, no. That's not what the people paid to see on pay-per-view. If I'm going to pay pay-per-view, I don't care if it's $30. I don't care if it's $20. I don't care if it's $10. If I'm paying to see a boxing match, I'm paying to see someone get knocked the heck out. But it didn't happen. And I'm glad I didn't pay for it because I would have been highly perplexed to say the least so at the end of the fight Mike was talking they were doing an interview with Mike and Roy Roy was like he's a great fighter you know he was saying all the great things and Mike was like shoot you Mike was like you hit me first and when you hit me it did it's it I'm gonna tell you he still got it Roy Jones still got it we we need to do this again I'm game I'm game let's do this again Roy Jones like, well, I got to see what my, you know, what my, my kids and my my wife, the boss say, and uh, then we'll see if we'll do that. Yes, I'm going, I'm for I'm, I want to do this. I want to, I, I want to just fight and we should do this and have a legend series. That's what Mike was saying. Roy was like, can we please get over with this interview? My back is hurting. My knees are hurting. My toes are hurting. I'll say anything to get out this interview. That's what we got now Floyd Mayweather Jr. who has not fought a professional fight since his exhibition back in 2018 or 2017 when he fought with Conor McGregor you know who Conor McGregor is fighting in the UFC Conor McGregor is not even a boxer he is a mixed martial arts fighter of course Mayweather was going to win that now Mayweather wants to fight Jake Paul Jake Paul who the heck is Jake Paul Well, let me tell you, Jake Paul has 22.6 million YouTube subscribers. 
because he fights on YouTube. Jake Paul just goes around fighting and they putting it on YouTube. And now Mayweather announced that he was the fighting. Mike Tyson credits Jake Paul for reviving interest in boxing for what he's been doing on YouTube. Mayweather, and, and this is reported by USA Today, reportedly, the price you know for the pay-per-view would increase with how many people buy the show. Guess what? <laughs> Jake Paul is the brother of Logan Paul. Do you know who Logan Paul is? Let me bring you up to speed. Logan Father, uh, Paul is the dude who just knocked out former and ex-NBA guard. You know who he is because everybody now is on TikTok and YouTube doing their impression of Nate getting knocked out. So you got Logan Paul's brother The man who Knocked Nate out You know little Nate Played NBA basketball Now his brother Jake Is going to fight against Floyd Mayweather And Mayweather wants it to be A pay per view I gotta hand it to you Floyd You know how to make money I ain't paying to see it gonna be a fight but you know what I've told you time and time again on this show 2020 has showed me one thing nothing is impossible Floyd you might have bit off more than you can chew cause this ain't Nate Robinson You're going up against Jake Paul. And Jake Paul may come in there with the intentions, unless you're going to just dance around like, you know, Tyson and Jones. He may come with the intentions of knocking Floyd Mayweather the heck out. And if you let. Floyd, I'm talking to you. If you let a YouTube star, and I ain't talking about a UFC, you know, champion like Conor McGregor, but if you let Jake Paul come in there and knock you out, then you know what, Floyd? You need not box ever again. I mean, just give it up. But you want to be paid. You like that money, money, money. You like that cream. But guess what? That cream ain't going to help you if you get knocked upside the biscuit.
and you lay in there and everybody in the world is watching you just lay there hitting the snooze button I'd like to thank all of you listening across the world for tuning in. Coming up next, the hashtag brother of baseball, Mr. Willie F.T. Jr. Make sure you catch me on the 11 and 5s. Hit me up at this sick show, at this sick host. And we'll see you next time. Right here on this sick show.